and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of Box, Box, Box. Today I'm joined by my dear friend, Karun, and my good brother, Gus. No Cheyenne this week. He's out setting medical devices to important companies, doing important things in the world. He uh, no longer cares about us, but we got a better replacement in the form of Gus. Gus, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You know, treated to a okay Grand Prix, but quite frankly, the football today has me still pretty amped it. up. So <laughs> yeah. it was, it was yeah. just, I mean, 14 goals in two games, but you know, this is, this is not a football podcast. Inevitably it'll come up, but uh, mm-hmm. Karun, how are we today? Fantastic. Had the day off. Oh, really? Out. For what? Yeah. Just lounged around. I don't know. They just gave <laughs> us a day off. Oh, okay. I thought you just took a day yeah. off. Like, no, no, they just gave it to us. I think it was like a mental health initiative or something like that. I oh. play video games all day. That's awesome. <laughs> I, they, they, they gave us half a Friday off, but there's no, there's no way anyone works on Friday. Like they gave us like yeah. one PM onwards <laughs> off, but it's like it's the Friday before July fourth. I know the college July fifth. Come on. <laughs> right then, gents. Styrian Grand Prix. Start off with a little bit of qualifying, just so that people know we have hit our second bet in Formula One. Another max podium. Unfortunately, the odds weren't as nice, so we made six dollars. <laughs> Off, yeah. uh, oh, what I say? Yeah, max it's pole. It was just pole, and uh, a nice ten dollar bet for for a six dollar win. I'll take it. Yeah. I think we should just run it back as well. I think the books are catching on, though. We might have to go out looking elsewhere for some better. You better gotta go, You gotta go incognito for those good odds. <laughs> Bovada's kick. Yeah, or or we need to bet it super early, like just uh, like like bet for next week now. And then see if like we can catch it before other people start putting their Oh yeah, we should lock in. it before free practice actually. We should just lock lock yeah. Max Pole in. Yeah. And then hit it. Yeah. And then gasly podium. Yeah. Yeah, gasly podium. I love gasly podium. I think uh do you watch the weekend warm up, either of you with Will Buxton? Nah. Oh no, okay. He always he always predicts the gasly podium, but he thinks he jinxes it, so I don't want us to jinx Gasly either. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I definitely this season have become a way bigger fan of uh, Gasly. And what my boy Charles did to him was unacceptable. Unacceptable. But we can talk about yeah, that yeah, later. That was, that was absolutely <laughs> unacceptable. The fact that he didn't take a podium for it, didn't get a, uh, a, a penalty for it. Penalty. And, yeah. then, and then he got driver of the day. I thought it was a slap in the face to Gasly. About, about, <laughs> about driver of the day. I thought that um Carlos. Uh, yes. Yo, I voted Carlos. He wasn't in the conversation at all, which completely amazed me. Super, like astounding. Yeah. See, number one was Charles. Number two was Verstappen. Yeah. And then number three was George. And I, I, I mean, if George had stayed there, I totally agree. But for me, it had to be Carlos. Like the and yeah, the, but, yeah. it was it was quite frankly it was the Ferrari strategy on Carlos. Like. Um, yeah, the way they pitted him when he was P5 and he came out two positions or three positions down uh, when he came in for his second stop was just amazing. Oh, yeah. They also wanted a two-stopper for him. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. I think, I mean, Ferrari, for the first time that, like, I've really been watching Formula One, killed a strategy. Because <laughs> normally I'm so used to him, like, having they these positions. And then, yeah, they shoot themselves in the foot. Like, I don't know what. I'm not you, I've been also like, drinking during these races, but... It just never works out for them. A nice espresso martini. Yeah, I guess that's what it <laughs> is. <Sitting there. laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, I was really surprised surprised that Charles was not doled out a penalty because that was just that was pretty egregious. Also, Pierre just had a really tough first lap. He was just like getting like bumper card around. Like well, he had a I tough he made contact first with like turns. four cars. Yeah. Yeah, you could see he was sandwiched between Alonso and Charles. He was trying to go to the left. There was Charles, he was trying to go to the right, there's Alonso. And then, you know, I understand Charles was trying to get the slipstream behind him, but like quite Obviously, Charles just takes out his his uh, left rear. Yeah, and then punctures. I thought it would be and a straightforward penalty, and then yeah, that that was all she wrote for Gasly. But I mean, since we're starting off with Ferrari, let's uh, why don't we touch on the Ferrari McLaren battle? Because at the end of the day, mm. it was uh, it was Lando P five, Charles P six, and then Carlos P seven. So Ferrari eaten a couple more points out of McLaren's lead. What, yeah. what do you guys think about that? I mean, for me, if Daniel starts to turn up, which doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon, then, then McLaren runs away with it. But, but it, like, <laughs> he doesn't seem to be doing that. So, but I don't know. It's, it, it looks like a very close battle. I think uh, Ferrari took, what, four more points in the weekend? Something like that. But I know they're four points behind yeah. now. Yeah, they're four points behind yeah. now. But I think, I, to be honest, I think in the end, Ferrari will edge it. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. yeah. What, what, what I, makes I you think, think that? I think Danny Rick has the potential. I think he has the potential, but, you know. I mean, I, I know for a fact, Gus, you have called Danny Rick washed. I can't, I call, I can call him <laughs> washed. I call him overrated. I think, I think, I think, I think he's overrated. Okay. So is that the reason you think Ferrari at the end of the day is going to come back? Because they have two, like, you know, Charles is in his fourth season, Formula One, third season in the Ferrari. Carlos Sainz, I think, is a very established driver. And in watching Lando's post-race co- uh, kind of interview, uh, he was talking about his new relationship with Danny Rick and about, like, he, he had one really uh, great sentence that was, like, it, it, made, it makes people appreciate how good uh, Carlos Sainz was, which maybe they didn't appreciate before. But the fact is, Ferrari have two amazing drivers in them, and they, if they prove that consistency, so is that what you're thinking? Or, I mean, for me, I think Danny Rick is going to show up at some point. I think he's going to show up at some point, but I don't think that point is coming anytime in the near future. I think it's after the triple header, like in the in the second half of the season, around you know. But um, I yeah, really like for me, if he doesn't turn up, then then Ferrari runs away with it because sooner or later, Carlos and Charles stop getting start getting like you know those high places consistently when Daniel just stays in thirteenth, which seems to be his favorite you know place nowadays. <laughs> I I honestly think you know like. You can't discount the fact that McLaren just seems to have a more consistent car track to track, right? Like Ferrari excels on like those slower tracks where like you come out of a turn and you just the straight line speed of the Ferrari just takes them. You know they do great, Um, but like I think McLaren just is way more consistent. And like we, I I think it's pretty safe to assume that like Lando will match or outperform the Ferraris in almost every track. So really, like you said, comes down to old man Danny Rick, who I don't think is like he's struggling for what is apparently, according to what people are saying, is like not that complex of a car to learn. But obviously, like it might just be very different from the driving style that he's used to from Alpine and Red Bull. I'm surprised it's taking him this long, though, if I'm being honest, because this is what the second team he's moved to or the third. Second move he's made. Well, no, because he started off at like he started off at one of those. Yeah, early in his career, yeah, like a minority or something. HRT. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, so I I just think that you know, like after like this being like the 
third move that he's made that he would be able to adjust a bit faster. But hopefully, you know, hopefully. Yeah, the he was on, looking quite good frankly. in the beginning. Then he lost power. Yeah, it was, a bit of, it was a bit of a car issue, a bit of a him issue. Um, but you see these other drivers, you know, Checo obviously taking a win and a podium now. Carlos taking good points and a podium already. Uh, who else? Oh, Seb taking a podium, having switched teams. The pressure is definitely going to start. He's definitely going to start playing mind games with him. Like, oh, God, yeah. like I'm the only one who's not catching up right now. And I, I mean, I've heard the opposite. That's well, I haven't. Yeah, actually, I've heard the same as you. It's, it's not that it's a super complex car to drive like the Red Bull. But it yeah. is just entirely different to his whole philosophy of driving. So it's just had to like unlearn his whole career's worth of driving and relearn it. So um, I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's going to come good. I think if he still just supports Lando, gets the if, if he can just get, I mean, I thought he was going to get the run of form from Paul Ricard with the great drive into the triple mm-hmm. header. Um, or, well, continue it into the, from Paul Ricard into Styria and Austria. But We'll have to see on the softer uh, tires if he can pull anything out of the bag for this next race because uh, they'll have to. Well, it's still early days. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's got a bit of time. And also, like, McLaren is so focused on Lando's future that they might not necessarily be like, we need to win now. Let's drop Danny Rick. Let's not give him another year. You know, like, they aren't looking to, like, yeah, top two, top three team even yet. They're, they're still like in the rebuilding, right? Like they want to yeah. develop Lando a bit more. And then when it's their time to strike, they will definitely want a second driver. And I think Danny... I mean, with the 2022 regulations, they're definitely thinking long-term here. Yeah. Because he's, he's on a multi-year deal. And then if they yeah. drop him and then they bring in a new driver, that new driver is going to be young, inexperienced, have to get up to speed. Nah, he's definitely here for the next couple of years. Yeah. And I think 2022 is just going to be... It's going to shuffle up the order a little bit with the new regulations. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have you know to see. Um, do you know who the current McLaren reserve drivers are? If they're any good? No idea. I, I think I it's uh, it's Van Dorn, I think. Stoffel Van Dorn. Oh, Van Dorn. Yeah. Okay. okay. He's quick, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, Lando's emerging into a class of his own. Yeah. 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 Ricardo's an experienced Grand Prix winner. So mm-hmm. I think they're, gonna, they're definitely going to stick it out. But it's, it's going to be like, bro, this is kind of like, Prune, have you seen Rush, the movie? Yeah, great movie. This is kind of like McLaren first Ferrari, but there's P3 and P4. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. like. It's like almost to the front. <laughs> yeah, it's like Nicky Lada versus James Hunt, the Ferrari versus the <laughs> McLaren. Bro, we need that. We need that in Charles versus Lando. That would be such an electric battle at the front. Yeah. I, I guess Max like, what do you guys well. think about yeah, what do you guys think about like now that Lando's, you know, so consistent? Like the third place battle in the drivers' championship between like him, Checo, and Botas. Do you think he can hang, or like is it is it kind of like those cars are just gonna outperform his I think, in the long term? I think yeah. to be honest, sorry, yeah, if you allow me, I think that I think that Checo will edge him in the end. I I but between him and Botas, like that that's like for fourth. That that's one that kind of keep me on the edge because Bottas, I think, out of the seven races, I believe that that have come this season, he's he's DNF twice and then finished twelfth, which uh, for Mercedes, is those those are not great numbers. But I, you know, I think I think Perez with like that incredible car and dude, Perez is just so good. Like he he's really impressed me this season. Like going up from, you know, wherever he qualifies, if he qualifies in a bad position, he always makes his way back up, which is like. 
one great thing about him. But I think I think it's Lando in fourth, Perez in third. I think over the course of the season, he's going to drop to P5. It's kind of inevitable mm-hmm. um, because of the disparity between the cars. Like mm-hmm. Valtteri is going to consistently finish one through four if he does everything right. I know he's had a few errors and he struggled on a street track, but it's still the seventh race of the week of the year. Uh, over the course of the year, you're going to see that kind of slowly start to form and it's going to turn into a battle for that P3 between Checo and Valtteri, which is going to be an amazing, like you saw, this this Grand Prix kind of had like the whole season written out for us. It had Max versus Lewis, Checo versus Valtteri, then Lando versus the Ferraris until Danny Rick can sort it out. Like, yeah. so for me... For me, over the course of this season, it's going to adjust and we're going to see Lando fall back to fifth. But I think him claiming best of the rest is going to be an incredible, incredible uh, uh, accolade for him. Like it, it speaks to the work he's putting in and to the performance yeah. he's getting out of that car. And I mean, could we see a Lando to Mercedes of McLaren don't <laughs> continue to get faster? I mean, he just signed a massive deal with them. So yeah. I, it's but seen, it can't be the so more than like two, three season. years. Yeah, but it's still so early in the season. Like, I, like you know, like it seems like he's not interested in shopping around. Is what it looks like, at least. But who knows? I mean, uh, I, yeah, I like at least Pierre, Pierre to Mercedes more. But I, I do love a Pierre to Mercedes a little. I hope we can get that to kind of catch fire a little bit become a, a major <laughs> gossip uh, point. I don't know how many years he has on his Alpha Tauri deal. But think, I, I think Pierre is probably eyeing up that second seat at Red Bull after Checo uh, yeah. two, three years because like he wants to prove himself again there. The thing about Formula One is there's so few drivers or seats in those top, top teams. Yeah. Like I wanted to touch on that. Like if, if, if Pierre were to head back into Red Bull right now, how would he do? It's a, it's a big if, but that's a big question. I don't think he would adjust as a quickly as quickly as Checo did still yeah. because there's so many things that Checo still does better as a driver, like tire management. I think Checo's second to Lewis in tire management. Racecraft is incredible. Uh, his consistency is incredible. His qualifying is improving, but kind of as a separate point, I do believe that Pierre should be called Mr. Saturday from now instead of uh, George. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That's, it's, that's such a hypothetical. I couldn't even, he's matured so much as a driver, right? Over the two years um, since he got dropped by Red Bull. That's that's such a tough hypothetical to play out, but I would yeah. have to give him the benefit of doubt as well. Just being a positive guy and be like, nah, you kill it. But I don't think he would do as instantaneously, as, as quick as, 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 yeah. as uh, Perez was. I mean, he he called it, bro. He he knew it. Give me five races, and then he won the sixth. Like he yeah. knew it. I also think Pierre is starting to realize that like his career, he's gonna have a long career in Formula One, so there's like no need to rush it and like be put into a similar situation like that again, right? Yeah. It's better to like move when he has a good footing. Like, like I guess like when he's in a good place to play, like the politics of like joining a team. Right, you need to come in there and you need to be able to like demand both respect as well as like the resources of the team to like prioritize your um like like whatever your needs are, like you know, working with your team and stuff like that. Which as much as like people like Toto will say, like, oh, we treat everyone equally, like that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's 
something that Max did from race one, obviously winning on debut with Red Bull in 2016 when he was, what, 17? I think he instantly, yeah. instantaneously gained that respect from the team and they knew that this guy was for real. But everyone else who they had was kind of like, I, mean, I guess Seb also came through Toro Rosso through the Red Bull program and was quite young. Um, but like Albon and Gasly didn't have that immediate impact that Vettel and and Max did, who immediately earned the respect of Horner and, and Mark, uh, Helmet Marco. And that's probably something yeah. that's super hard for these drivers to do. And then when they bring someone from outside the organization who wasn't a Red Bull youngster, they probably don't feel that same pressure to immediately impress as um, because they weren't, they didn't come up through the internal program. I was going to ask also, what does this mean for um, Alex Albon? Um, like Perez's performance and then Gasly's performance. Does this keep Alex Albon out of, out of F1 for the foreseeable future? It's, it's a tough one. Right now, I think the grid is pretty stable. Everyone's performing pretty mega right now. So I, I, hopefully he's enjoying his DTM. Uh, but, but right now, Red Bull are in such a good place by bringing in Sergio Perez that, uh, that I don't think they're even thinking about it. I, I heard he's doing a great job in the simulator and just doing is actually really helping the team in terms of improving on strat and understanding the car. So if they're maximizing yeah. their operation, I don't see them making any massive moves anytime soon. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, talking about Checo so much, what about the, the two stopper he pulled off or nearly pulled off? If they had brought yeah. in what one lap earlier, you guys one think he would have pulled earlier, it? Yeah. yeah, definitely. One lap, he, he missed it so close. He was pushing. I, I that was the first time I've seen him like um like really max out the tires and like the performance of the car with like no like planning or like you know how he's like I, I always characterize him more as like a reserved kind of driver like even in Baku right like he held back and like once he took those initial places he kind of held back and he's like I'm gonna run the let the race run its course a little bit before making my next move but like watching him just attack for like that many laps straight was amazing to watch yeah that's a I very good really point see that as much he's been pretty i want to say candid or like in the in the opening stints of the races but usually i feel like red bull over the radio they must be going like okay we're going to extend by 25 laps and he's like okay i will do <laughs> yeah. it and he's yeah. just like he just extends 25 laps because yeah. what was the lap where lewis was like approaching him it was like blue flag um, but he was actually leading the race. He he went like 50 laps in one stint. And then similarly, yeah. last race, he went super long um, in Paul Ricard to achieve that one stopper. Uh, so, yeah, I, it, it's, it was awesome to see him go full throttle and try and hunt him yeah. down. It was really cool to see him as the hunter. And he nearly got him. He was that, yeah. he was that one extra I thought, DRS I thought, I thought it was going to be on the last turn that he was going to get him. But it just, Bro, it just he had wasn't the meant. he had the DRS wing open. I thought it was going to be a yeah. photo finish. Be like we have to get down to yeah. the thousand to see who's ahead. Yeah, oh. it was awesome. It was a great strategy as well by Red Bull. And again, I think it's another Red Bull masterclass, and they're really appreciating having two drivers in the front fight the Mercedes together. Yeah, um, it just does wonders for what the pit wall can do in terms of you know they started Perez on the softs, um, and they started Max on the mediums. Obviously, unfortunately, they had that 4.8 second uh, pit stop yeah. for Treco, which 
I guess it, it did lose him a place, unfortunately, to Valtteri. Mercedes did a wonderful job to pull in Valtteri the lap after. But it, it, they, Red Bull are executing at a very high level right now. And I feel like the momentum they have, they might just go ahead and take a 1-2 or 1-3 uh, in Austria yeah. this week. Yeah. Uh, see, I remember- if Checo could beat Lewis, that would be insane. That would really push me towards like accepting, like yeah, like Red Bull is now finally ascended to some different level past Mercedes. Um, I want to touch like on the beginning of the season as well. When, if you remember, um, I think uh, Max won Italy. Uh, well, not Italy. He won Imola. Yeah. And then, and then Lewis won Portugal and then Spain. Like everyone was talking about, oh, maybe, maybe Max is starting to realize how good Lewis is now. Uh, then, Nico Rosberg said that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nico Rosberg said that, right? And then uh, now fast forward now, Max is completely not obviously run away, but he's now showing the people how good he, he is um, as a driver. And yeah. that he should also kind of respect on that level. I mean, I think, I don't know if you guys watch like Max's interviews, but he is just so relaxed. I mean, he's in, yeah. he's 23 and he's been in the sport for like six years already. Yeah. And he's got, He's got the he's he's a race winner, and now he knows he's got the package that can take him the full way. So I think there's a there's a sense there's like an aura of calmness around him, in he that he knows that he has the package, and that he has to execute race and race out. And into like in terms of like maybe on the flip side, he's not realizing how great Lewis is, but like he's learned so much from the seasons where Lewis has dominated and executed that high level of performance week in week out that he's now emulating that himself he's like i have seen the goat do it now i know i need to just be calm i need to make no mistakes on this weekend and i'm just gonna take it from pole to the end of the checkered flag with no errors and 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 just continue to build that lead um from a neutral fat perspective or you know from a slight lewis bias i would like to to be really close then max wins at the end of the season just because I want a close season, you know, something that goes down to Abu Dhabi and like, we're like, you know, doing tons of different, um, permutations. Com- yeah. Combinations to see oh, if Lewis finishes one, then Maximus finished in the top three. I think that would be amazing. But, but yeah, he's just so ridiculously calm. Yeah. And, and you can see that in like, uh, the lack of mistakes that he's making this season compared to last, like, you know, like you don't see him do things like, like, Okay, I guess this is a bad example because in Paul Ricard, he overshot the first turn. But, like, you know, like he used to make a lot of really aggressive, aggressive moves that always didn't pan out for him, like in the past season or two. And that's really just not as relevant this season, I think. And I think, like, what you mentioned is like a good reasoning for behind, behind that, I guess. Yeah, he's just. Yeah. He just, yeah, everyone talks about it. He's just matured so much in the past six years. You know, I, I often think back to the incident where he crashed into Ocon in Brazil in 2018, I want to say, when he was leading the race and Ocon was unlapping himself. Like that kind of stuff, this Max Verstappen would not do. And it's not like down to hot headedness, but he was a bit more brash when he was younger. He thought like, oh, this is an opportunity to win the race. I have to take this. But now he, he knows that he has an opportunity to win the race every week. So he's going to pick and choose those battles. He's not going to yeah. crash unnecessarily because a faster car is trying to unlap itself, which we saw Carlos Sainz do this week. 
Like that's not going to happen with this Max Verstappen. So for the rest of the season and for years to come, like I hope they just have pretty equal packages because this could be this could be one of those era defining um, rivalries, you know, that you've seen throughout the years. Like you have your Nicky Lauda versus James Hunt, you have Senna versus Prost, you have uh, Schumacher versus Alonso. Like this could be one of yeah. those. So yeah, it's also crazy seeing them on very opposite ends of the career, like of their careers, right? Like I mean, I guess Max has been around for a minute, but how many more years is Lewis going to be around? Like, well, he's going to sign a new deal. I, mean, I think his next deal is going to be a two-year deal, quite frankly, because they'll oh, want okay. someone to continue. They, I don't think they want year-long deals anymore because with the new regulations, they'll want to, that first year will be kind of trial and error, and then they'll want mm. someone who's familiar with the car for 2023. So I think a lot of deals you're going to see are going to be two-year deals. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we've touched, well, actually, we've touched on the top of the pack, but not well, there wasn't much of a battle between Max and Hamilton. So why don't we yeah. take it down a little Work bit? Let's touch on, on George's on George's race. Because it was it was meant to be, but it was not meant to be, of course. I mean, there's not a He's, whole lot to say, quite frankly. I don't get I like, mean, every time he gets close to the points, he Botas like curses him or something. I don't know. It's like dark finish magic. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Bottas, just once more, he must be shit scared every time he enters the pit lane. Like he must have a heart attack every time he goes in. <laughs> so apparently, what I what I heard was they were trialing going into second gear immediately because of uh, because of Lewis lost like three tenths or something in the pit lane uh, compared to Max. So they were trying to do something different to see where they could gain some time because uh, obviously Max undercut him in Paul Ricard. So he had just had a ton of wheel spin and, and spun out. Uh, was a bit tough, but yeah, I feel like bro, I don't know those those pit lanes look tough to navigate, especially that Paul Ricard one. The entrance looks so tight. Also, like if another car is like if like in those crowded pit windows, like it's it must be so hard to be like efficient about getting out because you have to be just so careful about not crashing or like incurring a penalty because you like cut someone off or something like stupid like that right like but they go stop for and it. go will kill you they full yeah. send it in those pit lanes yeah. like they will drive side by side to the very end of the pit lane and like nearly yeah. knock over mechanics like, <laughs> those mechanics on the edge must be freaking out yeah because they're going they're going i don't know those, those front wings look like they might straight cut through your leg <laughs> i mean one dude got knocked over last year yeah from stroll yeah yeah oh yeah the, um the guy who's uh at the front right yeah the guy yeah. With, the, with the lift yeah the, yeah um i want um about george do you think it's gonna happen this season do you think he's gonna get points at all i think he will eventually, i think he's but, gonna get points yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, he finished P11 in France and there were no uh, retirements, obviously. Yeah. So he was, he was damn close. And then obviously he was running in the points on merit in this race, kind of looking to overtake that Alpine of uh, Fernando Alonso yeah, for a little while. But, you know, it wasn't written in the stars for him this race. But like uh, the second race, the same circuit can be a blessing because they obviously have a ton of data. The tires are going to be different. They're going to be a softer compound. And obviously all the teams are going to learn. 
but you know, there's no reason to write George points off uh, at this early. So, you know, we'll have to see on the Saturday where he qualifies. Obviously, that Yuki Sonoda penalty benefited him a great deal because he also got the tire choice uh, yeah. and started tenth. But he, I think he's going to take them at some point this this year. Yeah. I don't really know what tracks the Williams excels at. I don't know much about the Williams car, if I'm being honest. So they exacted tracks like Imola, so high down force, kind of medium speedish corners. Hmm. I just know he, he excels in Imola. That's why he was furious at Botas for the crash, <laughs> even though I thought it was both their faults. Yeah, there's no right party there. Yeah. But a few other cars we haven't mentioned yet. The Aston Martins, Stroll in the points. Uh, Seb not. The Alpine, Fernando in the points. But Ocon not. Um, Yuki in the Ocon's points. Obviously, Gasly not. Ocon's had a Lance. tough couple of races. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's scoreless in for four races. He's scoreless yeah. since putting pen to paper, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but he is Contract quick. curse. Yeah. Yeah, they may have Jared golfed him. About Lance Stroll. <laughs> about Lance Stroll. Like, he's kind of like an interesting character. Not character, but like driver. Because I feel like a lot of people just don't properly rate him. Like, so many people underrate him. So many people overrate him. Lance Stroll is like probably the most like improperly rated driver. Yeah, I, I think, think he's, he's underappreciated underrated. and underrated. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come in with hate purely because he's... Yeah got a lot of his father like his father's very rich and yeah obviously like that has benefited his career a lot that that those are factual statements but he was like the formula three champion runner up in f2 or something he has multiple podiums he has a pole position in the rain he's actually probably the fourth best driver in the rain on like merit obviously one being lewis two max three seb um yeah severely underrated and and a solid race out of him like anyone saying that he doesn't, he, anyone saying he hasn't earned a seat does like is, is talking out of there. You know, it's too much. Like, yeah, <laughs> the the emotion, the hate has over, like come their ability come to kind of look at it. Yeah, to look at it objectively. Um. Well, I feel like we've mostly covered the field. Why don't yeah. we why don't we go ahead and, and throw out some some wild predictions for Austria and maybe some hot takes, you know? All right. Gus, you want to start us off? Or you need a second? Yeah, I'm gonna need a second to come up with something. All right, all right. I personally uh, I, I'm gonna go with a I mean, this is a prediction. This is not a hot take. I'll I'll come up with I'll come in with the hot take next. I'm gonna go with uh I'm going to go with a Red Bull 1-2 with Lewis in third. And I'm going to go with George P9. And then I'm going to say a good old Mazda spin, as we haven't been treated to one in a while. Cause <laughs> the safety car? <laughs> yeah, surely we don't go three races without a safety car. Yeah, that's we have to take that bet this week. is it is it in the minus to take it's definitely in the minus for safety car happening but if we do two that's like plus odds 
No, no, no. I don't. I don't know if we do two. Okay. <laughs> I think there. I think there could be first lap carnage again, but like yeah. it wasn't carnage last time. But um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go with a Pierre Gasly P7. Okay. I'll say top three is Max Lewis Lando. Uh, Gasly finishes top five, and Botas has a horrible race. Go with Max Lewis. Wait, sorry. What was the podium? Max Lewis Lando is my podium prediction. All right. So, what? Well, Checo do not finish. Checo could be P four if he wants. I don't really mind. But <laughs> Gasly, I, I just think that Lando could right, like, like on softer tires, um, Lando could you know um, like compete with Checo. Right. He 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 was given team orders to fall back and give up those places, but like. Who knows, like, how that strategy could have deferred if, like, Danny Rick had a better race or if, like, there was just less pressure coming from the Ferraris. You've inspired me to go back on mine. I'm going to go because, <laughs> well, well, there's potential for rain, but, of course, there's potential for rain every, every... Yeah, it's just Austria. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, with a Louis Lando Pierre podium. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say Max crashes out in this one pushing too hard after talking yeah, up so finally. much. <laughs> Took him long enough. <laughs> um, and I'm still going to go with George P7, or what did I say, P9? And, P9, yeah. Yeah, I'll still, I'll, still, I'll still keep that one in there. And we know Valtteri just hates, like, varying conditions and so so no he needs a nice sunny day (laughs) i'm gonna go um i'm gonna go lewis um on top with with max and checo behind him with lando in fourth um my bold prediction is that yuki sonoda will finish in sixth place i've seen absolutely (laughs) (laughs) i've seen absolutely nothing from him to warn that prediction but i just feel it (laughs) Well, he actually had a decent. He he started what P yeah. twelve in the end and then finished P ten. Yeah. yeah, not bad. Yeah, scored points. Yeah. I think um, eight points. I think Pierre. I think Pierre will finish um um quite high up as well. Um, in what did I say? Yuki was finishing sixth. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think Lando. I, I think Pierre will finish somewhere around that uh, seventh or fifth. I think Danny will stay in his favorite um preferred thirteenth spot. Okay, that's <laughs> where I put Valtteri for this race. So I think yeah, yeah. Him and Valtteri can fight for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rain? Rain or no rain, gents? I want rain. I would love to see rain. Yeah. We need rain, quite frankly. Need, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I saw this thing. It started raining at, at, at the track, like right after the oh, race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was... What a tease. It's always right after. It's always right after as well. But, yeah, that was annoying to say the least but hopefully it does rain next um i know like um last year like in bahrain like sakir and bahrain were like two different layouts like for one yeah. of them they went completely around the outside are they doing that in austria as well no i think no. so they went clockwise in the first race i don't understand why they don't go counterclockwise for the second race they went this they're just yeah. doing the same race again they're doing the same well they're, they're using tires yeah yeah and so, also like, did anyone notice stops. how Austria is just Bahrain turned on axis. Exactly. Like, if you look <laughs> no, at the shape, never that. Yeah. yo, look at look at the two circuits like side oh, by side. Pull up. 
it's but, literally yeah. so Bahrain. If you imagine Bahrain is straight north to south, like Austria is just tilted clockwise. No, it's actually so bad. What's your favorite? Oh, track? Wow. Wow. My favorite well, track. Go, I'll go with the motherland and say Silverstone. Okay. Where, I might have to go where, with Baku. Where, Ooh, there, or there Spa. Was a, there was Spa's a electric as well. I saw some conspiracy on, on like Reddit or something. It was like, what if Lewis is pushing the, um, the, the 100th victory to Silverstone to do it in the motherland? <laughs> he's, two, he's two away, right? No, I think he's one. Is he, is he two? I think he has 98 wins. Some guy also thinks that Mercedes is going to announce George at Silverstone as well. Wow. You're deep in the subreddits, huh? The subreddits chat waffle, so I don't really look into it much, but yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, he's got 98. Yeah, so he's going to have to win another one before Silverstone. That other one will be this uh, Sunday. Which will have to be oh. Austria. Yeah, I'm not too phased about that. Excellent, oh, gentlemen. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is. Obviously, we had no Cheyenne, but I feel like you had a better chat with uh, with Gus on. Soon to be recurring guest. <laughs> yes, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have you on more shortly. Um, yeah, of course, but of course, no, we do love Cheyenne, and he always has some valuable input. And he he runs his own uh, Amazon Web Services. We call it the Cheyenne Web Services. The SWS, and he comes in with some good facts. Advanced every now analytics. And then. Uh, completely made up and fabricated facts, of course, but they're always good fun. This podcast is not factual. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Of course not. Fake news only. We only push fake news. <laughs> all right. So, did all of us have Lewis winning this week then? Yeah. Yes, I think so. All right. God I save the queen. But hey, to 99, huh? God save the queen. <laughs> <laughs>